bravery is there in the way they play. And what about Peter O'Mahony? I just oh, exceptional. A sensational performance. Yeah. Jack O'Donoghue and Hodnett. The three of them in the back row. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Hello there and you're very welcome along to the GA Report. I'm Tommy Rooney from Off The Ball and over the next hour or so I'll be bringing you through all the reaction from another brilliant weekend in the All-Ireland Senior Football and Hurling Championships. Let's get straight into it with the results. We're going to start in Ulster where the All-Ireland Champions Tyrone have been dumped out at the quarter-final stage. Rory Gallagher's Derry bet them by 118 to 10 points today in Oma. Yesterday, in the other quarter-final, Monaghan bet down by 23 points to 2-7. Monaghan will face Derry in the Ulster semi-final. On the other side of that draw is Donegal against Cavan. We had four Leinster Senior Football Championship quarter-finals this weekend. Mead put four goals by Wicklow. They won 4-13 to 1-12. Kildare had 16 points to spare on Loud. They won by 2-22 to 12 points. Dublin hammered Wexford at Wexford Park 124 to 4 points with Conor Callaghan returning for the dubs and Westmead put 3 goals past Longford in that Midlands derby to win by 313 to 14 points just to note that tonight the draw for the Leinster Senior Football Championship semi-finals were made and it's Kildare versus Westmead and Mead versus Dublin in the semi-finals those games will be played in 2 weeks time with the venues to be decided by the Leinster Council by Monday lunchtime. In the Munster Senior Football Championship quarterfinals this weekend, we saw Waterford lose to Tipperary by 1-8-2-13 and in an epic game in Cusick Park in Ennis, Clare were beaten by Limerick on penalties. The game finished 1-19-2-16 after extra time, but Limerick prevailed on penalties by 4-1, making history in the championship. And in the final football game of the weekend, Roscommon had 12 points to spare on Sligo, 23 points to 11. To the hurling, where we saw an epic today in Salt Hill, Galway beating Kilkenny by a point, 124 to 317. A late Conor Cooney free, earning the win for Henry Shefflin against his old boss Brian Cody. What a game that was. The other two games in Leinster finished Dublin 27 points, Westmead 116 and Wexford 620, Leash 12 points. In the Munster Senior Hurling Championship round robin, Clare got their second win of this year's Munster Championship. They bet Cork by 28 points to 220. Cork are in a difficult position now going into the last two games while Clare have two wins from two and they face Waterford and Limerick next in Ennis. And in the Joe McDonough Cup this weekend, Offaly 126 down 218. Big result for Michael Fennelly's Offaly there. And Kerry hammered Mead 625 to 13 points. While Antrim had a goal to spare on Carlo. That game finished 222 to 122. Right, let's get around the grounds. We're starting with the hurling. Stephen Gleeson was in Sample Stadium for OTB today as Clare Beck Cork by two points. Before we hear the reaction from the two managers, Kieran Kingston and Brian Lohan, and Clare stars Tony Kelly and John Conlon, let's bring you the report from the final whistle. Clare made it two wins from two in the Munster Hurling Championship beating Cork 28 points to 220 at FBD Semple Stadium this afternoon Cork had late chances in this game but Clare had the work done right across the afternoon and it was enough to see them ahead on the scoreboard by two points at the end at half time Clare led 17 points to 11 after making the runnings all the way through the midway point of the first half with Tony Kelly and Peter Duggan in particular on fire Shane O'Donnell firing over an excellent 
one point from out near the 65. Cork got back into the game coming up towards half time with Patrick Horgan scoring and Shane Kingston as well but at half time that six point lead for Clare was enough to have them doing all the running in this match. On the restart David Fitzgerald pointed for Clare and Cork were forced to start going for goals. Alan Connolly got one 12 minutes in and then Clare lost Ian Galvin to a red card at that stage of the match. Cork tried everything they could but Clare who had a mountain to climb with 14 men did so with ease as they saw the match out with some good scores from Tony Kelly and Ryan Taylor. Going down the home straight Cork got a second goal. Dara Fitzgibbon with a late one to just leave the game in the balance going down near the end. Mark Keane saw red for Cork at that stage but it was Clare who drove on in this match and saw true they'll take on Limerick in two weeks time in Innes they're the winners here this afternoon in Turles they beat Cork 28 points for Clare 220 for Cork joining me now is Brian Lone the Clare manager uh, Brian how are you feeling after that win? I'm sure um, uh, happy with the, uh, with the performance and happy with the win so um, yeah no great yeah, it was a match really that uh, you were out of the blocks early, got a good lead and you really meant business right through the match here, just pints after pints. Yeah, look, I suppose, um, you know, to, to get the start, like, and get that, um, get 17 points on the board, like, uh, in the first half was uh, a great return for from our, um, from our forwards and a um, great return for, for the team. Yeah, you've got a few ways of playing there. You were getting that ball into the full forward line, into Duggan. You were hitting the points from long range from Tony Kelly. So you you basically were well able to get the scores when you needed them in this match. Yeah, in the first half, I suppose. Yeah, we were able to get those get, get those scores. Like we were working real hard to get you know none of those scores come easy. Like um, working really hard and um, you know tremendous effort from all of the guys uh, all over the field um, and um, yeah great to get um, great to get those 17 points in the first half yeah second half then David Fitzgerald got one right at the start of the second half Cork started to come back into it a bit then you lost uh, Ian Galvin to a red card your thoughts on that one yeah I didn't I didn't see it I just spoke to Ian there now and, and he was saying there was nothing in it but look we'll have to see um, the, the, the video evidence and see what it's like so um they, uh, yeah, unfortunate to to, to lose um, Ian to, to to the straight red. Um, like it's it's you know I didn't I didn't see the incident so I probably should wait until I see it before I comment on it. Um, but um, yeah, I suppose we got ourselves organised again after that, and I think we we got the next three scores, which was a, a good response to the uh, to the red. Yeah, Cork were threatening right through and they did get that late goal but you probably knew that they'd be there or thereabouts right up to the last few minutes Yeah look I suppose you know quality team like uh, quality Cork team they're, they've um, uh, some tremendous hurlers um, and they've shown that um, right throughout the year like um, they've been they've been really really good um, so you know they play that game like that possession game that they play they've, they've it almost perfected um, so um, really good to get the result against them Are you happy where you are now compared to maybe last year you know do you feel you're further on in terms of how you want the players to play? Well, I suppose we've 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 probably um, developed a bit. Like uh, last year, we lost the tip and we lost the cork, um, and you know cork was out of out of the championship. So, you know, this year we've beaten tip and beaten cork. So obviously, there's a, there's a bit of improvement. I suppose you'll you'll have to say maybe a bit of improvement f- from us, and maybe um, cork and tip are not at the same level that they were last year. Um, so, look, Limerick have a habit of. Um, um, 
showing people exactly where they are in the pecking order so we'll see where, where how we get on against against Limerick the next day Nice situation to have uh, two games now in Innes to look forward to really Yes, yeah, great uh, great for for the lads and great for our supporters as well that um, that um, we'll be able to welcome uh, Limerick and, and Waterford up to Innes mm. And uh, like, do you feel that there's a good energy about the panel do you feel that things are, are going in a really good way for you because we're probably seen by many people as outsiders coming into the Munster Championship but now people are probably reassessing yeah well look I suppose you know there's um, uh, there's a good level of spirit in the group like there's a um, uh, good good amount of desire there and you know there's a little bit of momentum maybe building with the supporters as well like which is which is all positive and good so um, yeah sure, we'll see where we are with, um, with Limerick now the next day Joining me now is the Cork manager Kieran Kingston. Your thoughts after that, Kieran? And sure, yeah, obviously hugely disappointed. Um, uh, funny kind of a game in many ways. We, we lost to Tossum, found ourselves playing against the breeze. Um, we were very nervous at the first 20 minutes, very nervous, made a lot of basic elementary mistakes, uh, which wasn't like us, um, whether that was a result of the last game or whatever. Um, uh, and we put ourselves in a, in a, in a, in a poor position. Um, like you can't go 11 points down against a team of calibre player um, and uh, try and claw it back, wind or no wind, you know. Yeah, you uh, you had a mountain to climb in the second half. You came back somewhat, got the couple of goals. Could have got another couple of goals, I suppose, if if uh, things went your way as well. But uh, Clare kept tagging on those scores. Yeah, like me, we we got we a very good quarter leading up to half time. Uh, won that seven points to three and put ourselves back in the game for half time, going playing with the breeze, and that was important because the game was certain was was there very much at half time. Then they got the next two scores straight after the straight after half. Um, we had a few goal chances, took two one late on obviously but we had another two or three that we didn't take and just wrong options poor decisions in, 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 in the final ball so to speak and look uh, these things happened um, disappointing that uh, we didn't obviously take a couple more but uh, I suppose look to our pleasing things is A we I think we limited clear to one shot and goal um, which was important given we've conceded a few goals the last, last couple of games so that was important for us but um, at the same time look, you can't you can't take away from the number of scores they got from, from further out the field and um, uh, we didn't do that and we, we as I look we some poor as I said poor, poor decision poor poor uh, poor missed scores and um, look bottom line clear deserved a win where do you go from here? Well, we've a game in two weeks' time. This is a four-game round robin. We've lost control of our own destiny. Uh, we can only control the next game best we can, and um, we got to focus on that. Uh, certainly, um, we've won into a game today. We were in control of, of our own destiny, as I say, but no, we're not. So that's disappointing. Joining me now is Tony Kelly. You know how are you feeling after that one? Uh, good, uh, delighted that uh, we've uh, we've two wins on the board and um, yeah, look, thrilled, thrilled with the results, thrilled with the with the performance there in the second half. Yeah, you were working right from the off and you got those early scores, Tony. Yeah, that seemed to just set you up and you got comfortable in the game. Had a really good period then in the first half and you know the points were flying over from all angles. Yeah, I thought we heard very well probably for the first maybe 20, 23, 25 minutes and then Cork. Cork got, got their purple patch maybe just before half time and they, I think they narrowed the gap from maybe ten down to down to six and um, probably had a good goal goal opportunity just before half time as well and uh, and in the second half then I thought we hurled very well especially going down to, to fourteen men I thought we um, we upped our work rate all across the field and, and we got vital scores from out the field Jeremy Ryan chipped in with a monster score Dave Fitzgerald got another great score and um, yeah very workmanlike and um, and clinical in the second half which which we had to be how important is it to have the likes of Shane O'Donnell back there you know and just lurking around the forwards and looking for that ball 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, having Sods back, having, having Peter back as well. If we could get a couple of more back, if we could get Mark Rogers and Aidan McCarthy and David Reedy back as well into that forward line, it would um, it would help as well. And um, they're massive, huge players for us as well that, that we'll hopefully have later on in the year. But yeah, look, we need everyone. Um, every county is in the same boat. You can't you can't afford to be missing the calibre of, of Shannon Donald and Peter Duggan that we've had been maybe the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, look, delighted to have them back. And you can see last week and see this week what valuable members they are to our squad and, and our team. And uh, yeah, delighted to have them back. You seem to have a few ways that you can play. You can work that ball into the full forward line or you you can take the points from out the field and you have a, a, a number of options there which uh, is really beneficial I presume yeah you can't um, I suppose you can't become a one trick pony either and, and Peter Peter and Chanaher and Donald McMahon and Fitzy in the forward line give us that kind of that height and that, that physical presence up there and then you kind of mix it in with probably myself and Sods and uh, and Robin and Ian probably like it a different way. So you you have to be um, you have to be able to play it play it high, play it low, whatever way it comes. And um, yeah, look, that's what the panel is there for. And uh, and I suppose that's a testament to the panel Brian has built over the last couple of years. Two wins from two now and uh, back to Innes for the next two matches. I mean, it's uh, it's going great for you so far in the championship. Now is this uh, is this like are you really believing that this is it now? Yeah, look, it's, it's look, we've two, we've played two, we've won two. Um, I suppose we didn't set our solo to start the year just to win two games. It's it's kind of I know it's a cliche, but it's it's literally every game, every game at a time. And uh, look, we know we're going to have to up our performance for for Limerick in two weeks' time. That performance out there today, even though it was a good performance, it'll have to come up another two or three levels to, for for Limerick in the park. And uh, yeah, look, looking forward to it. Luckily enough, we're off. Um, I think we're off next weekend, so we have uh, we have a two-week lead into it. So um, yeah, final two games, and I suppose it's monsters in our own hands now in terms of where we where where we try and finish. We've two games won, and I suppose the job's only half done. Joining me now is John Connolly. Your thoughts after that match? Look, it was just uh, you know, I suppose a fantastic performance by us all around. It was just one of the days we kind of said that we needed to back up a performance last week today, and we really did. Um, and we have a habit of kind of maybe playing one good weekend and then kind of leave it, you know, dropping our intensity levels, and that surely didn't happen today, and it wasn't going to happen because we we said it so much, and we got off to a great start. And the encouraging thing this week, I suppose, we we kept the foot to the floor most of the game way through. I know Cork were going to get their purple patch, but um, we certainly kept it going. Yeah, you got that early start, went six points. To the two up the crowd got behind you then everything was going well there and you hit a brilliant purple patch there coming up to half time really about 10 minutes you know between the 20th and 30th minute points going over from all angles at that stage of the game yeah things were going really well and I suppose then we, we lost our way maybe for 10 minutes before half time Cork came back into it um, but we, you know, I suppose look the forwards had put in such a, a shift for the first 25-30 minutes that maybe it's very hard to keep that going at that intensity and Cork were always going to have their running game and come at you and we got overlapped a bit but at half time we sat down readdressed it said we needed to come with that intensity and, and we certainly did in the second half and look I suppose we'd be disappointed for the last five ten minutes that we, we lost our way a little bit but look um, I suppose when you're back to a wall and you're trying to defend the lead uh, you know we were, we were delighted to come out on the right side yeah and Jed, that win is really what it's about here you have two wins from two now and there's a great buzz I'd imagine around Clare the crowd were getting behind you today there was you know there was a great atmosphere in FPD Semple Stadium there was a life about the place and that's uh, huge for Clare yeah, no, it is. It's massive. Um, like during the week, like look, I'm a primary school teacher, and even the buzz of winning last weekend, the buzz was around the school, and uh, you know, I suppose that's what you want. Like that's what the split season's about. Usually, you're playing championship in the middle of the summer, and there's no schools. You know, the schools aren't there, and that's that's what you want. Like uh, that that championship feel, and like even we're doing the warm today. You know, loads of lads are just saying this is a championship game. You know, like you could just feel it. Uh, Rebels coming to town. You know, it's just you know, in Turles, thirty thousand people. Like what else do you want? like really like you know and <laughs> I know myself 
if I'm playing 14 years and I'm coming to the end of it but every time I'm in the national anthem it's just I think just enjoy this because it could be the last game really you know so it's just to go out and enjoy it have fun um, no better to be a place to be doing it in Turles and, and having that buzz really oh, it's a great run for you John you have two wins from two now and you're heading to Innistin for the next two matches yeah look we've Limerick coming to town the next day like we all know what they've been doing for the last number of years uh, they're the standard bearer they're the, they're the team that's really setting the, the championship alight this year again um, you know, and, and the last number of years and look they could be going for four in a row only for Kilkenny kind of stopped them along the way but uh, yeah look we know it's going to be a, a massive game full house in Cusick Park um, look they, they, they've come here the la- come the last few times and I know we drew the last time but uh, beaten us a few times and uh, look we know that it's going to be a massive one hell of a battle one hell of a, a game has to be come from us to actually try and succeed and beat them but look we'll get sit down now, enjoy the night tonight and sit down during the week recover and really just drive on and see what you know, how we can go back at Limerick and I'm sure they'll be doing the same thing and look it's just great to have two, two wins as of now and um, just, just drive on and, and really go for broke and what's different this year John in the camp like because there's a real energy about the way you're playing and everything is, uh, is positive uh, you know what do you put it down to uh, I suppose since Brian has come in, he's really instilled that never stay die attitude. I suppose a bit like he's, he's playing as um, we all love playing for him. He's a quiet, assuming man, but he, he he's he, you know on a championship day he just comes alive and. I suppose we just feed off that energy and, and uh, the, the panel has really matured over the last two or three years with him there as well um, you know, they come with a lot of great ideas we come with a lot of great ideas and we kind of take ownership between us all and um, that's what you want like you want a, you know, a, a great group that's going to work together and you know, when he first came in he brought in six or seven new young lads and they've really matured over the last two years and, and brought that ener- energy and obviously with, with Peter and, and Shane coming back that has, uh, has brought massive happiness and, and to the group and, and experience that probably, you know, maybe we lacked last year the year before and like you can see that, you know, everything is good in the camp and, and, and you know, there's just a great buzz around it and uh, you, know, you knew coming up from the league to the championship that five week period that things were going well but you just wanted to get out and experience it against Tip last weekend and then we got the win and you know, you know yourself with this Munster Championship it's week in week out and once you get on a roll, you know, a bit like when we did in 2018, we're that type of team once you get on a roll you, you seem to enjoy it you know and uh, you can just feed off the energy within the group even when you're tired you know you can keep going like so look that's what we're doing we're enjoying it we're really having fun and that's what you want to play hurling for like you want to go out and enjoy and have fun really Claire star John Conlon there with Stephen Gleeson and Claire legend James e. O'Connor was there too for OTB let's have a listen to his thoughts after the game I suppose we were never going to totally dominate the match um, and Cork to their credit you know got themselves back into the game I mean six behind at half time you know in hurling matches still very very much very very much on but um, you know I think we we weathered that Cork storm you know early in the second half and we were probably eight clear I think until Alan Connolly and Connolly's goal gave Cork another foothold and another lifeline but from there again you know we we responded well got some crucial scores after that and um you know, overall, I think look, we were good value for the win, and, and two points probably doesn't accurately reflect, um, you know, how well we played, and, and, and that margin probably should have been more than what it was. Yeah, start to the same point. Clare just tried to keep that tone going and kept that scoreboard ticking over, whereas Cork went long periods without getting. 
Even, even in the first half, I think by, by the 30th minute, Cork had eight shots on goal, and that's I think reflective of the dominance the Clare the Clare had. And um, you know, 17 17 scores, but eight wides in the first half um, tells its own story. So we probably should have been further ahead at the um, at the at, at, at the break. But I suppose you know, 27 28 points is going to win most of these games, Stephen. And we 17 on the board at half time. So as you said, I just felt that we needed to keep the scoreboard ticking over, and we managed to do that. And I think particularly after you know Connolly's goal, and then subsequently had the red card. You know, we got three huge scores, Dave Fitzgerald, Ryan Taylor, and I think, I think it was Dermot Ryan got three crucial points that again just stretched that lead to, to, to seven points. And we were always, from there to the end, pretty much able to keep Cork at arm's length. Now, the goal later on, you know, put a different gloss on it and you're wondering how much time Paul Dwyer was going to, was going to play um, at, the, at, at the finish. But I think Brian Lohan would be thrilled with the honesty of the effort. Um, you know, the clear lads give it absolutely everything on that field and, you know, would it really probably looks now as if they've they've you know secured third place. Cork have to go to Waterford now to Walsh Park in two weeks' time. Have to win, and um, you know it, it may clear. Obviously, have Limerick who, who may very well be qualified after having played Tip next weekend, and you know so they're in a great position with two home games to come. And um, I think Brian Long would have bitten, bitten your hand off if you'd offered him that at the start of the, the campaign. One controversial calling it the red card. Ian Galvin, your thoughts on that? And Cork had a red card as well later on. Yeah, to me, I mean, again, look at the. It was a, a bit of a, I suppose, look at a Cork player, you know, there was a fight for the ball when the Cork lads on the ground and suddenly there were six or seven bodies in and Rob Downey came in and I thought, you know, it was, look at Dunt and a couple of lads and, and um, you know, players were coming in from both sides and uh, Ian Galvin, you know, I think, look, it got a dig from somebody and maybe poked a hurley and maybe into Sean O'Donoghue's midriff and O'Donoghue was doubled over. I think it was the linesman drew the referee's attention to it. To me, it was harsh. There didn't seem to be anything in it. Uh, and in a, in, in, and obviously Mark Keane got a straight red for an off-the-ball altercation with John Conlon late in the game, but it wasn't a dirty game. And yes, I think we finished up with two reds and, and, and four yellows. And in, you know, you, you wouldn't have said there was a dirty stroke struck in the mm. in, in, in open play. So that that's a pity. And obviously, you know, Clare's reserves are Aidan McCarthy and, and without Mark Rogers and Shane Meehan. So um, you know, it's it's being Gavin assuming. I mean, I'd imagine he'd appeal it. Don't know whether he'll get off or not. Uh, but they'd be without him now heading into the Limerick match and, and obviously that's another loss that we, we really don't have the reserves to, to deal with but it's it's, look, it's, it's one negative in, in what was by and large a hugely positive day for Clare Hurling and, and, and for the Clare players mm, There's a great fans favoured with his flamboyant skilful style and you know there's energy about Clare now and a lot of people wouldn't have sensed that at the start of uh, the league or during the league but Clare now look like they could be real contenders Absolutely I mean it's, we, we don't arguably have the depth um, you know, certainly that Limerick or, or, or maybe you know Kilkenny or or Watford have. Um, you know, the panel maybe is that bit shallower. And when you're without maybe key players early on in the league, I mean Tony Kelly obviously had ankle surgery. Um, you know, wasn't available in the earlier rounds. Uh, you know, we went to Cork and, and, and took a bit of a, a, a beating down there. But you know, I saw enough positives during the league campaign. Um, you know, we went toe to toe with Limerick and Ennis. Uh, could have got something out of the Wexford game. And you just felt that look at you know when we have everybody back. Um, and if, if Brian can get the best out of what he has and that's what he's done since he's taken over he's got the best out of that bunch of players you know we can put it up to anybody uh, look at obviously you know with Limerick in, in, in Cusack Park in two weeks time um, you know there's that border rivalry you know we always 
lifted for lifted for Limerick. So uh, you know that that's obviously a big game to look forward to. But at this point in time, you know our scoring average is now I think plus ten. Um, you know I think we've every chance that we look like we've we've, we've the groundwork done um, to secure at least that third place and maybe a place in the in the Munster final. And, and given how competitive Munster was, you know that's 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 no mean feat for this bunch of players. Yeah, it felt like for a couple of years that Tony Kelly. You know, he was the talisman, still is, and has a lot of pressure on his shoulders maybe now and again. But all of a sudden, you've got Shane O'Donnell, you've got Duggan, you've got these other guys that are contributing in a big way up in the forwards on the scoreboard as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mark Rogers is a guy with a few tropes for Clare, and Aidan McCarthy has really, you know, come of age in the last couple of years. But by and large, Tony was, you know, Tony had to play really well for Clare to win most of those games. So to get Peter Duggan and Shane O'Donnell back was huge. But not just to get them back, but to get them back in the form that they've shown the two games it's 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 a massive lift to both the players um, and obviously the management team and, and Duggan I thought was a real handful for Cork in that first half three from play and fouled for a couple of frees um, Shane again two points from play in the first half a bit quieter in the second half but still won a crucial ball later on set Tony up for, a, for another score that was important keeping that scoreboard ticking over so yeah it, it, it you know, we, we we haven't needed Tony to shoot the lights out um, in the two games, uh, and we've we've put big totals on the board, which is obviously very very positive. So, you know, if we can get Aidan McCarthy, we'll be back. Mark Rogers looks like, you know, he, his knee injury will probably rule him out. But with those guys, it just gives Brian a few more options up front, and uh, you know, as it takes some of that pressure and that load off Tony. Mm, and uh, Jamesy, the energy is great around the team. The supporters were huge. I felt in this game because usually the Cork supporters are the ones you sense when they're playing but today the Clare supporters were chanting late on in the game you know the, the county must feel that there's something big brewing for Clare Hurling Ah yeah I mean I think listen Brian and, and you know there's a committee there Club Clare that seem to have you know really galvanised the, the, the hurling public in the county and you know there's, there's genuine goodwill towards towards obviously the management team and, and, and the players but the players deserve massive credit because you know you just feel that they're given everything they have for the jersey and you can't ask for any more than that as a supporter or, or, or as a manager and obviously credit to Brian and the management team you know for been able to, as I said, get the maximum out of, of the resource they have available to them. So, yeah, Club Clare have a, a fundraiser this week. Um, you know, there'll be a great buzz now around that back west in, in, in Dubeg and La Hinch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and it's a great to see a, a relatively big Clare crowd down here again today. And, and hopefully, you know, Cusack Park has already sold out for that Limerick game in two weeks' time. That'll be now, uh, you know, a real humdinger, hopefully. And with Watford to come in the last match, you know, Clare are in a good place. Excellent stuff. So, just finally, you're up against the best in Hurland next time out. Clare and Limerick, absolutely huge clash. Yeah, look at massive, massive game. Um, you know that that rivalry. I mean, they played a really good high octane high intensity game in the league um, you know could have gone both ways Limerick probably had chances to win it at the death but a draw was a fair result and look at the Clare and Limerick players know each other inside out I mean a lot of these guys were in college together in Mary I, UL, LIT play Fitzgibbon um, you know there's huge obviously respect in the Clare panel for what Limerick have, have, have done but you know they've they've gone toe to toe with Limerick obviously beat Limerick in Cusick Park in, in 2018 the round robin um, you know Cusick Park is is a place to clear of a a relatively good record in listen we'll be underdogs we're under no illusions as to how good Limerick are but you know assuming Limerick beat Tip next weekend you know that's three wins that's automatic Munster final uh, qualification secured um, you know injuries to key players Keane Lynch obviously looks like he's he's going to miss the rest of the Munster Championship Kyle Hayes that hamstring injury so you know John, John Kiley may, may not need to start 
um, you know, arguably his strongest 15 and, and, and you know, maybe use it to, to, to give game time to Carl O'Neill and Colin Coughlin and Adam English and some of these other good young players that he, that he has. So, you know, that maybe works in our favour. Um, now, Tip might put the kettle amongst the pigeons next week, but it's hard to see it after after being so flat against Clare a couple of weeks ago. So, Clare, yeah, obviously, I think Benoff next weekend is massive as well, Stephen, to, you know, to recharge the batteries, get the energy levels back up because they look like they had really dug deep and empty the tanks today so you know great now for Clare to have the two weeks of the Limerick game um, and then go at it again and, and um, you know see see how they get on and on to Salt Hill host of the hurling pod and former Galway goalkeeper James Scahill was there for OTB today here he is chatting to Joe at the full time whistle we're going to go to Pierce Stadium Galway 124 Kilkenny 317 uh, one point win for uh, Galway and we have James Scahill with us James incredible finish there were shades of Galway leaving it behind against Wexford after Kilkenny scored that late goal so would a draw have been a fair result before that final uh, free the Connor uh, Whelan, uh, Connor Cooney excuse me free on 75 minutes would it have been a fair result draw or, or did Galway shade this did you feel no I think I think Galway dominated this to be honest there were stages already in the second half where I suppose Galway couldn't couldn't buy a point but they they had four uh, four enough of a lead enough of a pattern of uh, of kind of dominance definitely in their back line that, that suggested to me that Kikini weren't going to uh, take any share in the spoils but as you said Joe there was a stage where I know we, we kind of we faltered at the finish line against Wexford and then with that goal which has to, must be said it was a soft goal to concede now in fairness Dana Murphy he conceded a soft goal but then he had the wherewithal to do uh, a very very short and fast puck out which then ultimately led to the free the free for me it wasn't a free I'm going <laughs> to I'm showing my bias here and saying it wasn't free but it could, if I was on the other side of it I'd be a bit I'd be a bit disappointed um, but Conor Cooney showed great battle to put the ball over the bar uh, under great pressure under a lot of pressure from the Kikini boys who, who struggled to, to, to reset themselves back from the free for a good 30-40 seconds so fair play to Conor Yeah and so if you were to park your Galway heart for a moment since uh, significant question marks over the free there was, yeah. You see, I suppose it was it was quite a frantic finish, Joe, in the sense that the the goal was obviously conceded. There was an awful lot of disappointment from the crowd in the way the in the way the goal was conceded. But as I said, Aina got up, did a very very sharp uh, sharp hook out, which which must be said in other times probably the referee would pull it back because um, he took it so fast. But I suppose just the way the game was going, it was it was a frantic finish, and it was a ball where Tom Monaghan was going up to catch it, and I think it was Paddy Deegan who kind of came through him and caught him with a knee in the back. Now I thought myself it was a 50-50 contest, and as I said to you, if it was awarded against Galway, I'd be disappointed. But again, look, it's I'll, I'll take it. I'll put it that way to you. I'll take it. But they're, yeah. they're difficult ones because uh, you see, on the one hand, I would argue strongly a referee can't take the game situation into account. And so if it's a free in the first minute, it's also a free in the 70 minute decisive or no. Yeah. But when it is decisive, yeah. you do really want a referee to be sure as hell. Absolutely, and I, I'm, I'm siding with you there, Joe. I, I, I would never understand how a referee can make a decision on the context of the game. It's either a free or not a free. And I was quite disappointed at the end of the Wexford game in the manner in which the referee at that time pulled Conor Cooney for supposedly time wasting. Mm. And I, I don't think he implied that rule at all. I'd say ever in his career <laughs> did he imply that rule. Certainly not in the inter-county game. But like that, I, there was a couple of rules broken in my, my opinion. I think the puck out again, it, it was gone too fast. It, that wouldn't be allowed in, in let's say, minute one to minute sixty 
69 is, but again I think the referee took the context of the game into play and let, let it go because it was a game that Galway were dominating they were nearly from my perspective was, I won't say certain of a victory but they were well on the road to a victory and then when they conceded that goal it was like he was offering them another opportunity and then as well three minutes added, added injury time was, was announced by the time the free was given it was 38-47 yeah. so you know the time was up also so I don't know did the referee make an allowance for that different uh, stats now pop up after games which is wonderful and gives you kind of you know if, if for those who haven't seen it as closely as you gives us indications as to the flow of it so for instance two caught my eye uh, Kilkenny when they had possession they lost possession 60% of the time Galway only lost it 46% of the time and so what follows is what you would expect Galway had a lot more shots on goal Galway had 40, 45 efforts on goal to Kilkenny's yep. 31 efforts Great. now the thing yep. is Kilkenny were that bit more efficient 65% shot conversion rate whereas Galway was 56% so all that leads me to believe that Galway were on top for a lot of this game had yeah. better build up for a lot of this game but a touch wasteful uh, they were uh, I suppose even the game in the first half it was a frantic game there was 22 scores in the first 22 minutes like I don't think I've ever seen that before and it was an awful lot of the scores were, were from play so the, the game was certainly the opposite of a stop start it was free flowing it was frantic there was bodies flying it had intensity quality pace everything you're looking for in a championship game and as you said about the turnovers Galway won the turnovers 39 to 30 and that's a key battle in inter-county hurling nowadays and as you said about the shots they, they got 8 more shots than, uh, than sorry 12 more shots than Kikini but some of Galway's shooting was a bit what I call hyper draw you know whereas they'd, they'd do a great turnover they'd, then they'd be in a bad position whereby a, maybe a shift the ball across the field or pass it and they shot them because there was a bit of hyper the crowd was getting excited and I think they need to be more efficient in that manner I think when you come up against the bigger quality teams I know Kikini are a quality team but I'm, I'm talking about Limerick and that's, they're the standard bearer so if, if we yeah. do come up against them in future your efficiency rate has got to skyrocket because you, you know they're going to have 50 shots you know they're going to score 30 odd points so every opportunity you get, to, you get against a team of that quality you're going to have to check so Kilkenny scored two goals and uh, well I suppose their half forward line created a dilemma which faces a lot of half back lines in that the Kilkenny half forward line came very deep and then yeah. left a lot of space in the Kilkenny full forward line and this led to two goals and yeah. at that stage of the game Galway looked very open and it was frenetic and you thought God, Kilkenny have more goals in them here uh, did Shefflin do anything to tighten up that situation did you feel? He, he did yeah I think what happened was uh, as you see Parik Walsh he starts predominantly at 11 and he goes in that Roman road which brings him out to midfield he sucked out Gareth McInerney which then ultimately sucked out the half forward line that created an awful lot of space inside for Owen Cody who was doing the world of damage on Jack Grealish and the two goals came from the creation of Owen Cody winning the ball by himself taking on Jack Grealish one on one with no support cover so Henry Sheffield then he took David Burke who was starting in, in the 10 position and brought him back in as a, as a sweeper which I was a bit concerned about because when you're playing a sweeper with the breeze it tells you that you're kind of concerned about your defence but then in the second half that seemed to be nullified there was a big surprise at half time when TJ Reid was taken off and that just I don't know did that, did that, did that help Galway in any way but it certainly helped them to, to have their defence in their set positions and they did that they set their positions they had their, their six backs inside their, their own 50 yard line if you, if you like for for, uh, for vast majority of the game and no more goal opportunities came via Kikini until the last book of the game um, so I think I think he that shift to, day, to David Burke culminated in Galway getting their I suppose stopping the rush because there was this, because there was a stage there where I was I was very concerned with the way that the Kikini were opening up the, the goal shots so um, it was a good move good tactical move and it nullified the, the threat of Owen Cody plus he also switched Park Manning across to Owen Cody and then Park Manning ultimately won man the match so that tells his own story OK and Manning's big physical presence so one on one moments against Cody he's going to fancy himself there so he nullified Cody yeah. a touch 
Yeah, he did. He definitely nullified him, especially in the last 15 minutes. There was four opportunities of a duel, a 50-50 duel. Park Mannion won two, and then he won the last two with two frees. So that was four opportunities where he came out with the ball, and especially the two frees that he got. It was a stage in the game whereby there was two, three points in the difference, and it just stemmed the flow of Kikini. It stopped everything, took another 30, 40 seconds off it, and allowed Goy to put the ball into the corner and waste another bit of time. So that was a critical move, and uh, kudos to him. Great performance. And so big picture, James. Goy went out top of the table, top of the Leinster table. Admittedly, they've played in extra game but they're looking good now to progress what would you say about Galway here under Shefflin um, I'm very content I know it's the round robin it's not do or die stuff um, it's, you'd have to say that we are going to finish on a minimum of seven points you'd be hopefully be finishing on nine points with Dublin to come here in a couple of weeks time um, so I'm, I'm going to Air on the side of positivity and say that in Shefflin's first year it looks like he's going to get to a Leicester final who will be playing most likely but it looks like it's going to be Kikini as well so there's going to be a rematch in Crow Park um, and I think with the way Gore performed today and the way their main clientele performed like you're looking at Joe Cooney Tom Monan got seven points from play in midfield so when you're building when you're building that score and efficiency or building that score and threat from your midfield onto your forwards it, it, it looks really good for a team and I was amazed by the work rate in the first in the first half I don't I struggle to think of a performance uh, especially in the first 15-20 minutes from a Galway team whereby they they put in as many tackles hooks blocks body checks everything was physical it just it screamed to me of a Kikini pattern yeah. in a game which, which I'm delighted to see in Galway well you know it must uh, hit home if of all players of all talents in the game Henry Shefflin sits the team down and says trust me you don't win all Ireland's without working with unbelievable humility and ferocity and if you lads think you're good enough to do it without working that hard trust me you're not now I'm sure every manager who's ever taken over a team has preached hard work but there is an extra uh, weight to it when it's Henry Shefflin saying it absolutely like one of the guy players going back a couple of weeks ago um, when it was after the, the, the Limerick League game in which they won I just asked him well, what's he like as a person what's he like as a manager and he, they said he, he's the type of person you want to follow so that that's a great trait in a manager but he's done the whole, everything in the game so there's nothing he says that you can't say that's not true or I, I don't trust him because he's gone through it he's won multiple Irelands he's 11 All-Stars mm. so he's done possibly he's possibly the great the game's greatest ever hurler so if you're not going to listen to him you don't belong in an inter-county panel yeah. and, it's, and if you look at the Kikini teams over the, <laughs> the last 20 odd years their foundation their non-negotiable has been their, their as you said their ferocity in a tackle their work rate yeah. so that's that's what their their whole game was built upon uh, and mix that in with, with players of, of high quality talent and high skill you're going to get a good team uh, Kilkenny are in a transition of sorts that's for sure I can't quite work out if Cody is bringing through and building a new great team or if he's just squeezing every last ounce out of the TJ Reid generation maybe it's a combination of the two but it just has felt over the last couple of years like Kilkenny very much have a ceiling maybe All-Ireland semi-final level and I don't know, did you see much to suggest today that there isn't still that same ceiling? <sighs> it, that's hard to tell. Like I, I was trying to think back, um, when was the last time TJ Reid was taken off at half-time, or taken off in general, and I couldn't think of it. Um, was he not playing well, James? He wasn't. He was He was well marshaled. He was marking, it was either Darren Morrissey, Garish McInerney, and, and Dahi Burke. Um, and to be, to be fair, the three of them got the upper hand on him. They got the upper hand on him on strength and pace. And it looked like that TJ was a bit lethargic at times, to be honest. Well, sorry um, to interrupt you. There was a moment in the first half where he got the ball and he had a direct route to goal. Admittedly, it was on a bit of an angle. And there was a Galway player running across to stop him. And I feel TJ Reid five years ago 
you know, never like absolutely electric. He wasn't Eddie Brennan, but he could move. But yeah. I feel five years ago, he runs in and has a shot at goal, whereas he made up his mind very early, very early in that dynamic to just take the point. And I thought, oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree because I, I know that opportunity it was in the it was in the, the 13 corner and he was going on to his right and I was thinking this is trouble for Goy but it's like it's like what you said it's it's nearly like he understands his own capabilities at the moment I think Anthem with the ball with the hurl he's fantastic he's sublime but I think with regards to pace at the moment he, he may have lost a yard and look that comes at age he's hitting 34, 35 years of age this year so it's not it's not as if he's uh, he hasn't got a lot of mileage racked up he has like, you know and he's definitely come back from a from an injury which has his own he's that, that carries his own toll like, these injuries add up and you know the mileage up so he's not the TJ Reid of old so mm. I think go back to your previous question about yeah. Brian Cody he's going to have to blood in new players but when you look at the performance of Owen Cody today he, he was fantastic he was brilliant for I will say for 60 for 55-60 minutes of the game and he caused Galway real trouble but he just didn't get the support you know that the scores from from the forwards I'm looking here they got what's 2-11 from the whole forwards which if I know it's easy for me to say if you count out the two goals which were look like defensive errors from my perspective 11 points just not enough from your forward unit um and he's going to have to stick with it and stick with the plan. Bring in the new, bring in the new guys. You know, stick with, with uh, put keeping Adrian Murray in the forwards and stick with Billy Ryan and stick with Parik Walsh. Um, but that was at the start, Joe. The, the, the league first started this year. I was looking at Parik Walsh, who predominantly we know him in his county hurling as, as a back and put him into centre forward. I just asked myself the question: Is, is there a reason behind this? Is, does he see his, his back soon have been? been more than sufficient and his forward unit has been deficient so um, I think when you take a top quality player like Park Walsh out of your unit back unit and put him up to the forwards there's, 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 uh, there's reasons behind that yeah interesting handshake between Cody and Shefflin wouldn't say it was a love-in well, I, I saw it here in person and I was looking down to see who initiated and there was 100% Henry Sheffield initiated the handshake with Brian Cody. Brian Cody was probably, probably a, a touch, you could say, angered by the way that the game finished, but Henry went over and you could see it here. He didn't let go of Henry's hand. Henry had actually had his body turned away from Brian Cody to leave the handshake and Brian Cody held on to his hand. He gave him a look, it was like a a father looking at his son in a disappointed manner after he did something wrong you know? and he didn't he didn't let go of his hand for a good no. two, se- two seconds Joe he actually Henry if you look at it he actually had to pull away his hand so I think there's there's more to that story if I'm honest I think there probably in my opinion I'd say Brian Cody has approached Shefflin over the last number of seasons asked him to give some assistance to the senior squad um, I don't know is it a case of taking over the long term but I'd say that didn't happen and when Henry goes to Henry goes to uh, to Galway I think with, with a traditionalist like Brian who, who's Kikini hurling Kikini blood in, in his blood through and through mm. he, you know I'd say that that disappoints him to a certain extent but um, it's definitely the, the bragging rights are, are going to Henry Shefford for the, for the time being for the time being exactly listen thank you so much for hanging on James Scal appreciate it Thanks, Joe. See ya. James Gell there at Pierce Stadium. A one-point win for Galway at the death. 75th minute point, courtesy of uh, Connor Cooney Free. James Gell there with Joe Malloy on Sunday's Off the Ball. And you'll be able to hear more from James on this week's episode of The Hurling Pod with Willow Callaghan and Kilkenny legend Paul Murphy. That'll be available Monday evening in the OTBGA podcast feed and it promises to be box office. You'll also get the football pod in there with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue, which you can listen to from 6am Tuesday morning. And already in the feed, you'll get GAA Late Night. That is our brand new championship phone-in show. Go check it out. Just hit subscribe right here. We'll have you covered all summer long. To the football. Oshin Langham was in Tullamore to watch Kildare Hammer Loud today. We'll hear from Mickey Hart in a moment. But first, Oshin's thoughts at full time. 
Kildare 222, Louth 12 points. These two may be in the same division next season, but today they were leagues apart as the Lily Whites romped to a comfortable victory. Glen Ryan's team led 13-5 at the break with all six starting forwards scoring from play. It might have been different for Louth at half-time had Bevan Duffy not had a goal-bound shot blocked and if Liam Jackson's goal had not been disallowed for a square ball. The Wee County made a good start to the second half with three points in a row to narrow the gap to five. However, any hope of an uprising was quelled in the 47th minute when Kevin Feely scored a goal from a penalty after Daniel Flynn was fouled. After that, Kildare never looked back with sub Dara Curran putting the cherry on top with an injury time goal. The final score, Kildare 2.22, Louth 12 points. Mickey Hart, Louth manager, um, not the ideal result today. What did you make of your team's performance? Um, I'm very disappointed, obviously, in the outcome. Um, I don't think our team deserved to be on the end of that scoreline today. We didn't start at all. We didn't start the game. It, it kind of seemed to pass us by for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes. And I suppose we were given up too easy a possession from their kickouts. We had a disallowed goal. We had another opportunity for a goal and missed it. When they got up the field, there were loads of one-on-one opportunities and they were very efficient. So they were pinging off points while we were struggling to get at their goals. And then when we got a couple of really good goal chances, one which went in and one which was cleared off the line, we needed those scores to keep ourselves in the game because they kept picking off scores, I say, very efficiently. And it just was one of those things that the, the thing's slipping away from you and it's very hard to grab it back. So we had to, we had to endure that to half time, so to speak. How important is today as part of the learning process for this Louth team? I mean, you're going into Division 2 as are Kildare, but you've had back-to-back promotions and it's a, it's a big gap to bridge. But did we see today how big a gap it is or was it just a, a bad performance and we shouldn't be looking too much into it? No, there's a bit of both. There's a bit of a truth in what you're seeing both. There is a gap, of course. That's why the, the, that's why Kildare played in Division 1 this year. So they're not actually an average Division 2 team. They're a Division 1 team and, and a top Division 2 team if they happen to ever be there. Uh, so that's one thing you have to get into account. And secondly, we're just on the up from Division 4 last year. And it's not even two years. It's like a, a scarcely... 18 months since that all started so there is a gap that because of that because of the logistics of it all um, but I think that it's um, you know you, you do expect that when you go up a division you're going to have meet better players you're going to meet more seasoned players more mature players so we're not surprised by that um, but I still think when all said and done today we did not deserve to be in the end of that battering now I don't think we're ever going to win the game but we should. We could have had a very close encounter, as far as we could have made it uncomfortable for Kildare. But it didn't turn out that way. But I think our players deserved to be within touching distance of them uh, throughout that game. I think at the start of the second half, we were showing signs of how that might happen, and then this penalty appeared. So the penalty, the disallowed goal, the goal we didn't score, which is passed to the line. You add all those things into our case, and that changes the whole script altogether. And just before I let you go, you are into the qualifiers now rather than the Talton yeah. Cup. Yeah. With the qualifiers, you'll get a shot at a good team, which again is probably what you want to do. But in the Talton Cup, had you gone into that 
you might have had a chance to win it. Would you nearly rather have been in the Talton Cup? No, I wouldn't. I think I think that's that's aspiring to the wrong side of things. I think we want to be where we are. We want to be in the the All-Ireland series proper and I think we'll learn more there than we would and there's no guarantee you'd win the Talchin Cup either because there's a lot of very good teams there so I think it's it's better to be playing in the top tier so to speak uh, even if you don't make great headway it's great experience Mickey Hart there with Oshin Langan Oshin was also at the Monaghan Down game on Saturday afternoon and here he is with Down boss James McCart and first the winning manager Seamus McEnany Monaghan manager Seamus McEnany you must be very pleased with the win and maybe even the performance yeah listen I'm delighted to get the result to make the uh, semi-final in two weeks time uh, we expected to win the game today we come to perform and we believe that if Monaghan performed to the best of Monaghan's ability we'd win the game and I'm reasonably pleased I think you know our scoring efficiency was very good in the second half but uh, you know there's going to be an awful lot tougher uh, tasks ahead Billy Joe Padden said it in commentary on Sky that what he liked about you today was the evolution of scores and the amount of scores you got from around the pitch. Is that something that you've done a lot of work on to get more scores from different areas and maybe even different people? I think the game is evolving uh, every year, every week every month and we put in a good performance here against Dublin a few weeks ago and uh, we wanted to come back here and perform to the best of our ability today and I think you know right throughout the pitch I think we had a lot of good performances Were you happy that you responded well to the two goals that Darren scored one just before half time and one just after Yeah I think that was the most pleasing part of the day for me I think it was how we responded to those two goals uh, and how we got ourselves back and kicked a couple of great points and I don't think we kicked too many wide the second half I think the right man got the ball all the time and we're just delighted to get the next round is it good to kind of get the first day over with? Because sometimes that's that's nearly the toughest day. Ah, yeah. Listen, uh, Monaghan has won uh, nine of the last eleven first round also championship matches, and uh, we're just delighted to get it in the semi final and, and we move on from here. James, that was a tough day. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, look, you could say it went according to script. You know, the two teams, one Division One, one heading to Division Three, so maybe it went according according to script. But look, we went out and we tried to blood a few new players. We tried to. Uh, make it difficult fun but you know when they only hit two wides you know and, and and we had 10 and we needed that to be the other way around and uh, so look we're disappointed with the, the result but there was certain individual performances that we were happy with you know and, and at times we felt we did the job but we didn't, but we didn't do it for for long enough periods and uh, look their class showed at the end and they were they were playing with us near the end you know so look Monaghan's a, a good team and, and uh, with classy forwards and uh, at the end they showed that and pulled away it's tough on you because you're doing your best as manager and you have the best interests of, of the county at heart but ultimately is this a wider problem than the team the manager is it a wider down football problem at the moment <laughs> be easy for me to say yes to that and try and offload the blame or for the performances we have to take responsibility for uh, for our performances on the field as managers and players but look there's lots of things in, in uh, down football maybe aren't going the way they should I don't have the answers to all of that there's players in the county that uh, aren't playing for the senior in the county team which obviously isn't ideal something for all very valid reasons travel uh, <laughs> marriage uh, and work and things like that but in other counties they seem to be able to you know find a way to solve those problems so look it's not sexy to play for down at the minute and we know that and uh, we're, we're not where we want to be and as I say I don't have the, the cure 
you know, and just we're probably firefighting and trying to start something at, at, with the senior team with a building, a small building, building block with younger players and trying to blood them and, and bring them through. And uh, look, it's not going to be an, an easy road, but we're, we're trying to put our shoulder to the wheel. It's the Talton Cup now. You've two options here, I guess. You can say, well, it's the Talton Cup down, don't want to be involved in that. Or you can say, you know what, we can have a crack off this. Well, look, certainly, Annie, should it be a friendly match? I want to go out and get a performance and win it. So I'm not, it doesn't matter to me what name, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for us to try and, again, uh, improve, uh, get younger players' experience on the field and try and make some progress. But as I said earlier, there's there's no gimmies in the Talchin Cup. Like, every one of them teams, I, I can't see anybody not going out to try and win a football match. Yeah. And we certainly will be. Are you in a tough spot at the moment in a sense that there, there's a few older lads who are still doing it for you? The O'Higgins today now were, were really good. And there's younger lads, that successful under-20 team last year. But you kind of have to wait a while for that to all come together. And right now it's about trying to bridge that and trying to find a way through. Yeah, look, it's, it's, I'm saying here we're looking towards the youth and we, and we are. But you can't throw the baby out of the bathwater. You need Darren and Barry, the experienced heads there to, to bring them through. And uh, earlier I name-checked Kevin McKern. He didn't get on the field today, but he's been fabulous with the, the young lads and trying to, to you know, get the best out and show them what, what it takes to be an inter-county footballer. And look, he didn't get on the field today, but he's in there. Or, you know, uh, talking to boys, you know, hard luck and etc. And le- just basically leading and, and so look, you have to get a blend. And uh, but obviously, you will probably lean towards the youth going forward for the rest of the year. Mickey Brennan of Shannon Soy caught up with Monaghan star Conor McManus after the win. Also, delighted to be joined by Conor McManus. Conor, job done. Twenty-three points to two-seven. Coming in here in a game that you're expected to win and you're business-like and you scored. Any day he scored twenty-three points in a wet. Ulster Championship day like that is a good day. Yeah, well, when you come into Clonus here, we wanted to we wanted to perform. You know, uh, Ulster Championship day, home game in in, in in Clonus, you always want to perform, and that's what we targeted. You know, regardless of whether we were coming in as favourites or not, we just wanted to focus on ourselves and, and get a performance. There's elements of that was quite good, and um, there's elements of it that wasn't so good. So there's there's bits and pieces we we have to work on as well. Yes, I spoke to spoke to Drew Wiley there, and he a little bit disappointed maybe with the, the goals conceded either side of half time. So yeah. that's something that. You you know, fine tuning for the next day. Big battles ahead. Yeah, we, we we can't afford to be coughing up goals like that as easy as easily as we did at times when you know, particularly before before half time when we when we were in control of the game and a goal before half time always changes things. So we were conscious of that at half time. But um, yeah, we wouldn't be happy with with how we conceded either either side of, of half time. Well, from your point of view, we're coming off a, a topsy turvy league campaign that ended in dramatic fashion. Here we relegated, you relegated Dublin. You, you weren't playing that day with injury and whatnot. Mm. So from your own personal point of view your full 70 plus minutes today uh, feeling good yeah 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 obviously with, with the Dublin game missed it through, through injury um, but I just focused on the last couple of weeks and trying to get the body right and, and thankfully it, it responded and I'm just delighted to get to get through that game and, and we'll rest and recover now and, and get ready for two weeks time well Derry or Tyrone next day both teams will pose their own problems you'll be watching that yeah, tomorrow we, I'm sure we, we'll watch that tomorrow and see and we'll prefer, prepare for whatever comes our way Yes, so Derry's sensational result against Tyrone today means that Monaghan will play Derry in that Ulster semi-final. We will have full reaction to Derry-Tyrone on this week's episode of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Back to the Leinster Championship where Mead got by the challenge of Wicklow and Navin to make the Leinster semi-final. We'll hear Andy McEntee talking to LMFM in a moment, but first, let's hear from Westmead boss Jack Cooney who spoke to Midlands 103 after his side bet Longford. There's a lot of uh, aspects of it now that are very pleasing and 
Um, we're very happy in that. We kind of worked over the last four weeks to, the, to this day, and a lot of the things that we worked on on the training pitch, the lads carried out today. And like that's always very, it's always very pleasing from a coaching perspective when the lads do that. So. Uh, it was probably a wee bit difficult as well, you know, because the last um, number of sessions that we've had, we've, you know, it's been very, very dry and very uh, good weather conditions, and then come out with a wet, dr- uh, greasy ball and underfoot conditions. So, I think both teams adapted well to that. You played Anfield in the league, the beach you here, you knew that the game, yeah, it was up or down in the championship tonight. So it was. You know, a lot, of, a lot at stake. Yeah, look, we weren't happy with our league performance here against <coughs> against Longford, um, but that's not taking anything away from Longford. They deserve the victory on the day in the league. Um, but you know, you, we parked the league. You know, we parked the league. Uh, we we introduced new players, and there's a lot of new debutants uh, um, featured during the league. Uh, and in fairness, they just all but their shoulder to the wheel over the last number of weeks, Jerry. And I think it was a nice little run in. Like we we had four weeks prep. Which was great. Um, previously, it has been a number of additional weeks, so I think it was just right, and we were able to get the, the running and the timing reasonably good. What's the injury worries like now in the camp? Uh, Jimmy Dolan not back yet. Oh, well, Jimmy was in the twenty-six today now, and uh, he's back training with us the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, he's he, he's going to be pushing on now. He's pushing on, and he's available, and another great fellow to have around the place. He has, he'll have to do a bit of work to get in there. <laughs> well, to be no better man, uh, he won't shy away from but it. it's great to have that. It is, 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know. But uh, you have a couple of weeks to prepare now for You don't know your opponents. You'll know it tomorrow night, so yeah. it'll be have to be a stiffer test. Of course it will, and it's, it'll be very exciting. You know, We don't know who we're going to get, and uh, but at least we're in the pot, or we're in, we're in the ball, and we can, we can look forward to another couple of weeks training. Was there a bit of work to be done after the league, uh, Jack? You know, you had good games and bad games, and you could have won a few more and didn't. It just the way it worked out. To get the lads back and get the get them motivated again was it a, a big job? Oh, there's no problem motivating these boys now. Um, these boys are mad to play for Westmead. These boys are. I've said it time and time again. These boys are invested in Westmead. They want Westmead not only to be good here and now. They want Westmead to be good in the future. And you know, a lot of lads that are there. They've put in a lot, a long time and, and a huge number of years. And they're bringing on young fellas now. So uh, long may I continue. Had any worries coming into this game with Longford after the two upsets in Leinster last weekend? My only worry is that I wouldn't meet you with a big smiley face on you, Jerry. <laughs> once, once you're smiling, I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, there was big upsets, and there was. Know, the Leinster stuff they're throwing up a few upsets. There was, there was, and uh, you know we were very, very mindful of that. You know, but we literally just we focused in on this game, and we worked on a lot of things, and and we were happy. Like Longford, very, very good team. You know, very, very good team, and had some good results in Division Three, and played some excellent football out there. So they're gonna they're gonna take some beating now before this year is out. Andy, um, your reaction to that 10-point win, Leinster Championship, you won your game, it has to be any day is a good day that you win your championship game by 10 points. Yeah, 10 points is is, is a decent uh, margin. Uh, I think given the start, start that we had, it could have been more. I think we, we have a lot of things that we can improve on, a lot of things we can do better. Uh, but you have to give a bit of credit to, to Wicklow too. I think I was just talking to the, the, the management there, I think, uh, Fitness-wise, physicality, they have made a lot of progress in the last uh, from the last time we played them. Uh, you know, they weren't they weren't that easily pushed off the ball. They had a good deal of physicality about them and, and a good bit of pace about them. So, uh, yeah. 
were you worried at half time that you hadn't kicked on from the two, the two early goal, two goals in the first five minutes, a dream start really, and you were only four points ahead at half time. Um, just didn't kick on from the two goals, which you might, you might have expected to. Yeah, that's that, that's that's exactly it. I mean, it was it was. I found that disappointing that we didn't. Uh, you know, you get off to a start like that, you'd want to say, okay, this game should be put to bed by half time, and it, it was far from put to bed by half time. Well, your your bench, uh, your replacements at half time and early in the second half, they worked out quite well because Matthew Costello's goal killed off the game, and then Jack Flynn getting the fourth goal as well. So that that worked. Oh yeah, a great piece of management there. Yeah, <laughs> no, you'd have to say Matthew injected a lot of pace and and direct running into it. Uh, his finish was excellent, uh, and great for the likes of Jack Flynn to get you know championship uh, experience there, and and you know. He found himself in the right place. He had a fair run to make to get himself in there, and he was still brave. You know, that was a hopping ball. You know, not everybody goes for a ball like that. But uh, I suppose if if I had his mass behind me, uh, fellas would feel comfortable going for it. Overall, Andy, uh, looking back and when you do analyse, maybe look at looking at it, but your immediate reaction to the performance, uh, have you seen improvement there from the league? How do you compare it with the league? Because the league was mixed. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to know really. You know, it's been it's been a, there's been a bit of a break there since since the league. So you kind of lose momentum. I think we had decent momentum built up towards the end of it. Uh, we were playing, I think we were playing better than we played today. You know, uh, but uh, look at t- today is about you know getting it getting it out of the way and making sure we're in the draw for tonight. And in the Connacht Senior Football Championship semi-final, Roscommon bets Sligo by 23 points to 11 this weekend. Here's Ryan Bailey of Ocean FM with Roscommon star Enda Smith and both managers, Anthony Cunningham and first, Sligo boss Tony McEntee. In terms of that midfield partnership, there's a lot of options there around the middle and, and, and Sean and Conan, the, the preferred options today. There's Paspalana's there, there's the Gormans, there's Peter Laffey, there's a few options there as well. Heading into the Talton Cup now, good to have players like Conan coming in and we saw Paspalan coming in Pat Hughes coming in as well and, and good opportunities for fellas today even when the game is, is running is running away with Roscommon putting up a, a big right. scoreline but it, good to see that they're not putting the head down and saying oh well the game is running away from us they're using this as an opportunity and a platform for themselves for the rest of the season yeah absolutely and that's the change from last year now we have options and a lot of options to come off the bench or a lot of competition I suppose for game time um, which is very important you know I think I think that's something we can build on. We have four weeks, I think it is, to the 28th of uh, May, 28th, 29th of May, before the um, uh, the Talchon Cup, semi, the first round of the Talchon Cup. So those fellas who started the day will have done themselves a world of good. But those fellas that come on, the likes of Pat Cuse and Pat Spillane and uh, Conor Greffer and, and David, um, those fellas that come on, actually, I think, I think you know, if they push on, it'll certainly help the team as a whole and gives them an opportunity at this stage, as you see, to get places, and hopefully they will. Obviously, going to be a lot of talk about the, the red card early on in the game. If it hadn't have come, could things have been a bit different? Were things going to plan for, from your perspective defensively before that? Uh, yes, uh, they were actually. I, I thought we were comfortable. That's, I think it was. I think we were, it was two two piece, and then they went four two or something like that, and we lost the man. Um, I, I actually, I actually think we would have held out on on Roscommon for well, we would have clearly for a lot much longer in the match. Um, I thought. Looking back now, I suppose in reflection, um, had we a next man in the field, considering the way it was come and played, you know there could have been five, six points maybe in this game, and it would have been it would have been a good competitive battle at that stage. So I think the next man, it was clearly crucial for this, but 
Um, it was much more importantly, it, it knocked sales of our fellas quite a lot. But we we fought. Like I'm not giving out here that we didn't didn't work hard. We worked hard, and I thought we kept in it till the end. And as you said, particularly the fellas come off the bench and lifted the game a wee bit to try and get something back. Um, but that's a good outfit. That's a good Roscommon outfit. And um, you know, 23 points is a fair score, but. Uh, still going back with a lot of performances we picked on we have no defensive goals we give in we could improve a lot offensively as the case is but most of that was you know kicking or decision errors that we had you know and we had quite a few balls dropped short as well so yeah we'll work we'll work on a lot of stuff but it's not it's not um, it's not the same uh, position that we were certainly last year against Mayo so as you said four weeks to go to the Tatton Cup are the the fundamentals as you said are they going to be one of the main things to to work on for the next few weeks. Yeah, this, this week we'll train Wednesday and Friday and the weekend then we'll players will all go back to club football and play club football the weekend. So we get them back then again then the following week um, and we're working that. But I suppose the nice thing for me as a manager is, is that everything that we need to fix is fixable. It's simple stuff, it's decision making, it's movement of the ball, you know. Um, and you know, it, it might even be a case on a drier day we might have made less mistakes just because of the conditions. But I think all that aside, it's something we can work on and it's something we can certainly improve and we're moving in the right direction. Okay, Ryan Bailey here alongside Enda Smith. Roscommon 23, Sligo 11 points. Enda, your initial thoughts after the game? Yeah, delighted, Ryan. I suppose, look, we came down here today just knowing we had to get the victory. We, do, we don't have good memories of here from a few years ago and um, it was important to us, to, to the team, I suppose. A lot of us were here in 2015 when things didn't go quite well. Um, happy to get the win. It was probably more comfortable than we thought it would be in the end. Um, at halftime, you know, it was quite tight, but look, delighted to get the win. Connacht final now in four weeks is, is great. We were speaking myself and Colin McGee on commentary today and we were just saying that second half the first five ten minutes you yourself came out flying out of the box you got a few scores early on was there something said to you at half time? Yeah there was I suppose look we weren't overly happy with how things went to start uh, in the first half um, look but that was down to Sligo to be honest Sligo look, had a plan they shut up shop um, and then they caught us on the break a couple of times so look yeah there was a few stern words and we knew the first couple of the points of the second half would dictate how the game would go and look we got them and we kicked on from there and once we got that cushion we just we, see, we saw the game out quite well in the end I thought When you open up a, a, a gap as, as it was there was inevitable that the, the, the double the, du- the double figures margin between the teams was going to come at, at one stage there it's very easy for a team in that ascendancy to turn around and, and start kicking balls wide and taking shots from super positions but you had a lot of lads come off the bench and get scores from all around the D as well yeah I suppose the boys on the bench or whoever know they'd hear about it if they, if they took the wrong decision you know we're very um, very serious on that point you know giving to the man like we're, we're lucky we've a couple of good a lot of good forwards there who can, who can take scores and who are comfortable on the ball but it doesn't mean that you take wild shots and we're very we're very strict on that within the team within players um, that we that, that, that we spread the scores around and the ban and the best position always gets the ball and you know Jeremy came off the bench again today contributed Connor Daly contributed Keith Doyle contributed with a score Niall Kildare got two so that's what you want to see and it's good competition for four weeks time absolutely so four weeks time as you said looking forward to the Connick final yeah I suppose it's been a couple of years since we've been there now we've like a, we were very disappointed in the last couple of years with the straight knockout we, we haven't been there since 2019 so look we're looking forward to it whether Galway or Leitrim and yeah it's, it's good to be there again and get ready for it so as you said, four weeks off until your next game, which of course is the Connacht final. How does that fit into your plans in terms of preparation, given the change in the, the GA calendar this year? You know, the championship will, will be finished sooner. So how does that fit into your plans? Yeah, I think we're probably looking at maybe it's nice to have a break because for a week anyway. So uh, because we're coming off, off off a league campaign that was quite intensive. Um, but most of the championship matches are Sunday after Sunday. I think in Leinster they're every week every weekend. 
I think Ulster maybe we can, but I think I think it's too congested really for everybody, and I think you know it'll probably be tweaked after this year, hopefully. Um, and the other thing for supporters, I think the championship will be over before people realise it. So for for everybody, um, you know, I think it, it needs a bit of of uh, better balance. A lot of the word in the press box was commented and complimenting the power of this Roscommon team and the impact that substitutes made in adding to that power and relentlessness. Yeah, well, we'd work hard just, you know, if we lose a ball, you just have to work hard and get it back. Um, if, you're, if you're not prepared to work, you know, probably, you probably won't make it at the top end of Intercounty because that's the way the game has gone. And a chance now to look forward to the other Connacht semi-final uh, Galway and Leitrim. I'm sure you'll be a spectator for that one. Yeah, we've, yeah, and had a look there last weekend. It was nice to get a day off there to go to Galway and Mayo. But uh, <coughs> I think uh, Leitrim, Andy Moore has done a brilliant work with them this year, uh, undoubtedly and uh, that, that match could be a lot closer than, than we'd think. Let's get two more bits of reaction from the weekend's hurling before we wrap up here. In the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship round robin, Dublin bet Westmead by 8 points, 27 points to 116. Let's have a listen to the managers. Joe Fortune and first, Dublin boss Matty Kenny speaking to Midlands 103. Yeah, but look, at it's you know the Westmead are very proud hurling people. You know the the the, the hurling community in, in Westmead has always been very strong, and you know, you know, and uh, so we knew, we knew well there'd be a bit of a backlash and uh, because uh, from them today and uh, in that first half, I thought that uh, you know, they worked really really hard and uh, closed it down a lot. But uh, as I said, in the second half, you know, we, we we got a grips in the game, we got a grips, came to grips with the conditions a bit and uh, started scoring more freely. So yeah, happy with the second half performance. But uh, yeah, overall we knew. To was going to be, uh, you know, we knew well we'd be well tested come down here. Conditions, conditions were very slippery, but you, you opened up the game in the second half, you played it a, a, a lot wider than the opening half, and you got to score it much easier. Yeah, and uh, you know, I suppose you know, we're after a long dry spell, and you know, yeah. the, the ground is, is hard underfoot but greasy on top. And uh, I say it took, it took us a while to, get, you know, to come to terms, and you know, there's a lot of slipping and sliding and spilled balls, but yeah, we tidied that up a lot in the second half and yeah, started using the ball better and getting better quality scores. Reasonable good performance today I know you came out on the wrong side but again but you know these lads put up a fine show yeah I thought we did like you know um, I suppose we knew coming in that Dublin had, had won their first two games like we were right in it up to the kind of 55th 56th minute um, with a goal chance towards the end as well but look very proud of the performance that they put in but you know there comes a time as well where I suppose performances like this and are only worth so much. Like the group inside are craving, you know, to get to that next level, and they're working as hard as every other team. And I suppose at some stage, you know, we need that bit of luck. I thought we were very. I thought a couple of decisions went against us in the first half as well, which I, I felt were quite harsh at times. But look, hats off, Dublin needed to close out the game, and they did. And they seemed to find scores a little bit easier than what we did um, in certain parts of the game. Twelve points to eleven at half time, very very tight, and, and you could have been maybe out a couple of points. The first five shots that went wide were scoring chances. Often went over the last day. They didn't go this day. Little things like that happened today that didn't happen in other days, and then Dublin got to score much easier in that second half. Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose those first five balls that went in, you know, like you said, you know, wides that are not typical of what this team is at. Um, you know, last week wasn't a, an indication of where the team is. We knew we let ourselves down in that kind of 15, 20 minute spell last week at the start, but I just, I just thought today we didn't get that bit of rub of the green at all. Like, you know, for, to get on top of a team like this, like we did against Kilkenny, every ball we hit in the first 15, 16 minute spell against Kilkenny seemed to go over the bar, but today, 
it just didn't happen. Um, but look, credit where it's due. Like we, the lads put their bodies in the line again there today. Like and you know, but I suppose you're sitting up top and you're you're seeing and you're you're hearing. From my perspective, I'm like, look, I'm proud of them every day. Whether we win, lose, or draw, I'm proud of them. But just at some stage, we're going to have to turn this corner of, of putting a proper um, victory on the board. You know. And finally, this weekend on the GA report. Offaly boss Michael Fennelly caught up with Joe Troy of Midlands after their brilliant Joe McDonough Cup win against Down. Michael, trip to Ballycran, a weekend job, always going to be a difficult place to come, but I think you'll be happy with the work rate the lad showed today and most importantly the two points. Yeah, Joe, without doubt, looked very hard to come to Ballycran and not many teams come out here at points like so. So thankfully the boys really you know, held up their end of the bargain and came up here and we, we had a performance. You know, obviously a bit shaky near the end, but we expect that from down. They always keep going and even against Antrim, they were getting bet well and they kept coming and coming and coming and they, they show a good character as well. But our boys, look, they stood up when, when they needed to and a really good performance and look, a good result. Plenty things to work on as always but uh, very very happy now Joe. Good discipline show bit lads as well particularly early on Down maybe tried to ruffle a few feathers the referee probably wasn't given the things that maybe uh, Down seemed to be getting a couple of hefty tackles has to be said in Dave and Ali but awfully rose above that you'd be happy with the discipline. They did yeah look you come up here and look you expect, expect anything and everything and that's what we plan for and we weren't going to get caught up in those nitty gritty things and now our discipline was still no we didn't get caught up in things but at the same time we gave away way too many frees I think most of our scores came from frees in the first half so we got to tidy up in that uh, but the boys dealt with it well like you know look if you get sent off like a man down it makes things very difficult up here too and they held their composure very very well and, and they you know they were smart about things and uh, we got I think we got four or five subs in as well they all added added you know they contributed to the cause which was great as well and we got something off them so no look really happy I think it's great to have a week now of kind of a bit of a downtime to a certain degree a bit of a deload week is probably coming and we can get ready then for the Kerry game like but all not very happy and we've one or two lads to come back now from injury next week as well and it'll strengthen the whole thing as well you know the character panel you have to be happy with it so far to bounce back after the disappointing league relegation a big performance against Antrim you'll know it's in your own hands still I think the players are that that could throat of, of this championship hurling where every game counts it's really adding to the, to the spectacle oh yeah without a doubt like and look I don't know what's in our hands Joe to be honest because down our quality team uh, Kerry our quality team like you know Carlo quality team for me there's not between any of us and that's genuine I'm genuine in that last year was a different story I think we came in we, we had a, a fuller panel a stronger panel potentially we have a lot of young boys in this year who are new to the panel um, so every game is 50-50 and that's genuine like Antrim are probably ahead I think of the posse still um, they have a few more lads to come back in that will make them stronger and they probably have a, a healthier stronger well not healthier panel but they definitely have a stronger panel there's some really really good hurlers um, and they show that throughout the league this year as well like you know that they got good scores didn't concede as much as well so they're definitely ahead and I think the rest of us are fighting it out really to be honest about you so, um, so look it's great it's exciting and I said every game is going to you know it, it, it's on its own really that is the GA report for this weekend we hope you've enjoyed it and that you'll join us again next Sunday we'll get the podcast up every Sunday night and it'll be available in the OTB GA feed We'll see you next week.